the minute that someone takes the time to make sure that you feel safe and seen and that you can feel your feelings in front of them and you know that you're doing so safely with the person, I think that's when the actual feelings have the opportunity to come out. And like Dr. Luther said, it's also just that like feeling like, okay, this person truly cares about me and I can be myself in front of them. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. We are excited for this one today. As a podcast and as humans, one of our main core values is growing. We want to learn, we want to evolve, we want to understand how we can lead this community better. Recently, I was listening to an episode of the Raising Good Humans podcast, which was season two, episode 17. It was entitled, Who is Mothering Mom? A Conversation with Dr. Sunya Luther and Dr. Eliza Pressman. It inspired the entire conversation that we are about to have. If you've been listening for a while, you know that Dr. Eliza was our guest on herself back on episode 41. She's one of my favorite people to learn from because she's so relatable and honest with her teachings. She makes teaching about parenthood approachable and doable, and that's something that I really look for. So the biggest thing that stuck out to me from listening to the episode that we're talking about today is the idea of how we can better take care of ourselves as moms. So something that I learned more about and now I understand better is that moms have to have someone supporting us. So Abby and I have kind of taken the the approach of you have to make time for yourself. You have to make sure that your needs are met. And what this episode taught me is yes and you have to make sure that you're also supported by others. We cannot do life or motherhood alone, and we were never meant to. This is a huge part of mothering your children because if you aren't mothered yourself, you're not able to give your best to your kids. Mm, That's so true. And when Amy listened to this episode, I asked her to send it over to me. And I was hooked right from the start. The episode spoke to me so loudly. And as everyone knows, Amy and I have very different personality types, but we were both able to pull so much from this episode. And my personality type definitely yields to what can I do in order to make my life easier? So what can I do to make me feel better? What can I add to my to-do list to make sure that I'm getting my needs met? And Dr. Luther specifically says to not add to your to-do list. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, that's not my style. That's not what I do. I need to know what to do and have a plan here. But instead, it's allowing someone else to care for you. It's allowing someone else to be your support person. It's not on you. It's not more work for you. It's literally having somebody else come into your life. But you have to have the space to receive. Exactly. So if you're always doing, you're not leaving any space to receive. Mm -hmm. So after listening to this, I sent Amy over probably about a page worth of notes. Again, that's my personality type. And I had so many takeaways from the conversation, and we're so excited to bring it into this podcast 
And we definitely suggest going over to listen to their conversation as well. So the very first point that really stuck out to me is that your partner can't be your one and only support person. So we oftentimes put way too many expectations on this relationship. And even in my vows, like I think back to my vows seven years ago now, and I said something like, you're my best friend, you're my partner in crime, you're my future father to my babies, you're my everything, yada, yada, yada. And just thinking about this, I'm like, that is too much for one person. Like that's way too much for one person to be able to take on on top of all the other things that as parents and as wives, we now know that we also rely on them for. Yeah, I've heard so many experts talk about this concept, the idea that the modern American culture puts so much emphasis on your partner Mm -hmm. being your everything. Like, as Abby said, it showed up in her vows. I've seen it almost on every Instagram caption that's ever written about someone's husband or their wife or their partner. It always says, you are my best friend. Like, we think of that as the gold standard of partnership. And today, we're just going to question that a little bit. Now, Abby and Colin and Drew and I all have a base friendship in our relationships. And so we totally understand and think that that is an important part of partnership. But what we're saying is that that partner cannot be everything to you. And it feels like there's a lot of pressure in our society for that to be the case. Something that's really interesting is that it hasn't always been that way. Mm -hmm. It's like more of a modern thing that, I don't know, had good PR and (laughs) everyone's just (laughs) running with it. Like everyone thinks that that's what makes a really good partnership. I think yes, and we need other people to support us aside from our partners. So I think one of the first questions that I want our listeners and Abby and I are asking ourselves is, do I have a dependable, regular support person that is not my partner? Yeah, and when you think about this person... Think about a person that you feel psychologically safe with. So there's no fear. There's no anxiousness. You can really feel at peace and bring your true self forward without hiding your feelings or without hiding conversation topics. You're able to bring the truth and you can really bring it all. And one thing I want to add here is that in this episode, they recommended that this person also not be your therapist. So Amy and I, we love our therapists. Like, you know that. We talk about them all the time. Shout out, Kristen. (laughs) Hello, Kristen and Susan. We love you. But if you're sinking all your support into this relationship, there's going to be issues. Um, Your therapist is a one-sided relationship. It's not symbiotic. It's their job to support you. And not that they don't care about you. Like, they definitely care about their clients, but it's part of that nine-to-five job. And when that relationship is done— The random text message won't come in every few weeks asking, you know, how are you doing? Like that's a relationship that's done as soon as that book is closed. So just really being careful on that relationship since, yes, we love our therapist, but this can't be that go-to person for everything. You know what just came to mind when you were saying that? I think also, and this might sound funny to some of you, but I think that a lot of people are also finding this type of relationship on Instagram. So they really think of like their favorite influencer Mm -hmm. as their best friend. And I honestly want to question that. I care for my followers so much. I want the best for them. I want them to grow, prosper, feel good, everything. But they are not my best friends. I have best friends. And so I think that that's also kind of a marketing tactic that influencers use calling their followers their best friends when I'm like, wait, if we really break this down, that's not a healthy best friendship. Like it has to be a symbiotic, like they actually know you, they actually care for you, they love you, they know the true you. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so so much in the influencing world is you learn so much about the influencer. But is that influencer learning every single detail of your life as well? Like, probably not. Like, it's we not just that can't. Size. We can't. There's no yeah, way. There's... Like, I, I feel like I've got a real pulse on my followers. I, I truly care for them. But I don't know, nor can I give you advice on your every single mm-hmm. day life. And, like, that's where a relationship like Abby and I are true, like, best friends, mm-hmm. good friends. I know everything about her, the stuff that shows up on Instagram and the stuff that doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, so it's that best part. It's that real, real, real deep friendship part that is just really hard to have with the online relationship that way. A quick break from our partner, Rothy's. It's 2021 and nobody has time for uncomfortable shoes. That's where Rothy's comes in because the number one word that Rothy's customers use to describe their shoes is comfortable. And Abby and I can both certainly speak to that. Nothing says fall like their soft, plush wool collection. So for the third year in a row, they are launching an exclusive autumn collection featuring the washable wool styles. They are comfortable, cozy, and like we said, 100% machine washable. Plus, they come in a variety of colors, patterns, and sizes. Did you guys know that they also have a men's line? When it comes to work shoes, Drew kind of lets me pick his out. He just doesn't feel comfortable doing it. I just looked at this men's collection, and I can tell you they are amazing, gorgeous shoes. My favorite thing about Rossi's is how stylish they are. I always get compliments on my Rothy's. And as we keep saying, they're easy to wear all day. So they are perfect no matter what your roles are. So right now you can go and get $20 off your first purchase if you go to rothys.com backslash herself. That's rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash herself to get $20 off your purchase. So the next part of the conversation that really stuck out to me is that if you want a child facing adversity to do well and to really show resilience, so think about your kids here, the very, very first and most important thing to do is ensure that the well-being of the primary caregiver, which is usually the mom, is solid. So just like any kiddo needs love and support in order to feel solid and feel resilience, we need that too. Like the same thing applies to us as mothers, to us as parents. And what we find in this community and what Dr. Luther also finds in her work is that oftentimes women don't get enough of this. They don't get enough of this beautiful love that they're passing on to their children. So we're treating our children in the ways that we as mothers, as women, need to also be treating ourselves and to allow others to treat us in this way. And if we can slow down, this all makes perfect sense. Like we need exactly what our children need. But if you're anything like us and your plates are full— it can really be hard to figure out where does this time come from? I mentioned right away at the beginning of labeling that to-do list. And Amy mentioned so well that we need to find space for this. We need to find space for this. And you might be thinking, okay, so you want me to have a strong marriage. You want me to somehow manage everything that comes out with motherhood. You want me to take care of myself. And now you want me to make some time for someone else to also take care of me. And you guys, the answer is yes. And it's one of the reasons that we wanted to bring this conversation to the forefront is that this is an area that we feel we've gotten it wrong in before. The question, am I prioritizing being taken care of? This should be the first question that you're asking yourself. Yeah, and to your point, I remember 
when we first started the podcast in some of our very first episodes and we would talk about our full lives. And one thing that I would often bring up is that I was just in a season where it felt like I really didn't have the time to prioritize friendships. Mm -hmm. Like it was something that I know I have put on the back burner before. In this season, I, I just know that I've done that. And what's really interesting to me, and I've talked about this in the past, is that Drew has always been such an advocate of me maintaining my friendships. And he's been cheering me on and he's saying, so like, good about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he's like, Amy, you have to make time for things other than work and motherhood and our relationship. Like he really saw this. And I think sometimes our spouse. They can see it from afar because when we come back into the home after we've gotten that solid support time from our friends, like we have a different lightness Mm -hmm. about us. I know Mm -hmm. Colin's done the Mm -hmm. same for you. And they see that reflection of how important that time is, even though, because for women, when we're so busy, like I'll go to dinner and then I'll be like, I should do this more often. Like I go to dinner with a friend. I feel so filled up or I go to Colorado to visit my two girlfriends. I feel so filled up and we often come away thinking, I should do this more often. But the actual execution of that in this very busy season is something that I have personally really struggled with. If you guys listened to episode 59, we had Dr. Marissa Franco on and she took a deeper dive into friendships, which is her specialty. So the ultimate place that I've landed in my 35th year of life is that I want to make sure that my friendships are warm, they're reciprocal, they are deep, they make me feel good when I leave them. I'm not worried about if that woman is, you know, talking behind my back or not feeling happy for me when I'm doing something that is successful. I have come to realize like that I just don't have the time. I'm already struggling Mm -hmm. for time and friendships. I certainly don't have the time to have a relationship that doesn't feel mostly positive. We all understand that people go through hard times. There might be a season where your friend doesn't have as much capacity for you, but you really have to ask yourself, like, has this been going on for a really long time? Am I constantly the one that's putting in more of an effort than my friend is? I just want to make sure that I am in friendships where I feel like that person truly cares for me. In the episode, Dr. Luther said that it should be someone that lights up when you come in the mm, room. I love that. And, and that women truly need that. And I think if we're out there forcing a friendship or we're trying, we can't be our full expression of ourselves because that person hasn't seen that side of us. Like, I I just think we need to get ourselves into situations where we can be ourselves and we feel like that person is really supportive of who we are. And that might mean having less friendships, but the ones that we have are so meaningful. And also just to add to this, not dimming your own light when you go into those friendships. Like the friendships, I know I've had several of them where I was like, oh, I shouldn't bring this up. I shouldn't bring this up. This will make them feel bad. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to show where I'm doing well here. And if you're doing that constantly and with every good part of your life, like that's not a a true relationship either. That's not the friendships that we want to continue to have. Yeah, with this episode, I did really like one of the metaphors. I love metaphors. Um, But one of the metaphors that I really liked in this episode was that they discussed how to learn a new language. And right now, guilt 
is the universal language of motherhood, and we need to change that. It's something that we can all agree on, we can talk over, we can laugh about, we can cry about. It's something that we, there's just a common experience with so many women. But instead, let's think about the softness. Let's think about the pureness, the gentleness, and make those words and those thoughts really the new language that we're learning as mothers, as women, as friends. And it may be awkward. Like, I personally, I'm so awkward at times around new people or when I'm trying something new. If you guys know me, I'm a very, very weird, quirky person. But this also adds to the fun and it adds to the memories as we talk about it down the road. That's funny because I actually think you're really good with new people. You do? Yeah, you're like very outgoing and warm and like you are really good at small talk where I'm like, I don't like any of the small talk. Like, what? what is your deepest secret? <laughs> like, I, like, just don't. I just feel like I say, like, the one weird thing that you're like, Gabby, why? We're going so well. And then you had to bring that part up. <laughs> that's not, I think that's your own self-perception. Okay. <laughs> Armchair therapist here. Okay, so when we think about this, I think that a lot of times women struggle to let people in. And there was a moment in that episode where Dr. Eliza feels choked up And she kind of dismisses it. She's like, I don't even know why I'm choked up right now. And Dr. Luther kind of pushes her on it. And she says, that comes from the feeling of someone caring for you deeply. Like women are not used to the feeling of someone truly caring about them deeply. And this brought to mind, there's been a few instances over the past year of Abby and I's friendship that I have seen this play out. She is such a strong woman, and she's also so busy that when she actually slows down and lets someone care for her, often her eyes automatically well up with tears, and a few might even spill out. So I think that there is a lot of us that are doing this. You know, we're prone to telling everyone, I'm fine, we're fine, everything's fine. But the minute that someone takes the time to make sure that you feel safe and seen and that you can feel your feelings in front of them and you know that you're doing so safely with the person, I think that's when the actual feelings have the opportunity to come out. And like Dr. Luther said, it's also just that like feeling like, okay, this person truly cares about me. And I can be myself in front of them. I can let them in. I'm going to take this wall down for one second Mm -hmm. and just be. And so Abby and I both have built a friendship that we both treasure. And what's really interesting is that it didn't start until the past two years. Yeah, Yeah. So we were about 33 and 34. And I wanted to bring that into the conversation because it's never too late to start a friendship. Like I've said this on the podcast before, but some of my lifelong best friendships have come, you know, late 20s, late 30s, and I'm sure there's even more to come. And I think a lot of people that were raised in our generation look at it as like, the lifelong friendships. These are the ones I'm going to prioritize. These are my friends. I'm all set. I don't need any more friends. And I would challenge that a little bit because what I think happens in what we talked about in the friendship episode with Dr. Franco is, you know, two of my best friends live in Colorado. And so we care for each other on this deep level. They are always going to be some of my very best friends. We are there for each other's big things. There's like this deep caring that we have for each other. But I see them once a year. Like I need other friends and so do they. And I want that for them. Mm -hmm. 
We need other friends that are going to be there in person. You know, both of them, they don't have kids. And so, and that's okay. I love them so much. But I also need people that can understand this really hard season of my life. So just a nod to like the idea that friendships can have seasons and you can develop new friendships that might get a lot deeper and faster than you could think that they could because you feel like you have your friends already. But I would just challenge that idea and be open to new friendships. And a break from our sponsor, which is Third Love. So feeling comfortable all day. Ladies, this is so important. We put our bodies through a lot. We push them to the limits with the exercise that we do in our families for the fashion or really just plain fun. And when you think about it, it's pretty incredible that our bodies are able to keep up with us. And Third Love believes that everybody is amazing and it deserves to be treated that way. And that's why they really design their underwear, their loungewear, their activewear to feel good all day and just to give you that big hug that we all need. So Third Love brings comfort from the sheets to the streets. They have the softest sleepwear. It's made of washable silk, and they have bras that you won't want to take off when you get home. There are over 90,000 five-star reviews. So you hear Amy and I talking about how much we love Third Love. There's 90,000 others who are also in love with this brand. And they have bras that are available in exclusive half-cup sizes. So their underwear, their loungewear, and their activewear are also available in size extra small all the way through size 3X. So if you have not taken the fitting room quiz yet, please do so. It's free. It's super easy. Both Amy and I did that before we ordered our first bras and underwear. And the fitting room quiz, it's honestly like a personal shopper, but it's better. It focuses on the size. It focuses on your breast shape. It focuses on the current fit issues you may be having and your personal style to find what bras, what underwear are going to be perfect for you. So the fitting room quiz has helped over 18 million women find their true size bra and you could be next. So if you want to love the bra that you're in, go to thirdlove.com backslash herself and you'll get 20% off your first order. Again, that's thirdlove.com backslash herself and we can't wait to see what you choose. Yeah, I even think about how different we are as human beings in our 30s than we were in our 20s, then in college, then in high school, then in grade school and we're trying to hold on to these same friendships like, Amy, I think about us in lacrosse, at UW-Lacrosse, where we first met. We are very different women <laughs> than we were back then. And would we have been best friends back then? Maybe, but probably not. But how our lives have changed and the twists and turns have brought on just this really true friendship that we have right now. And kind of going back to what you were talking about with just our eyes welling with tears when we're able to have that space— being with people like you, Amy, like that was the first type of person that has ever allowed me to be like that. Like I think about growing up with my own mother, incredible human being, very optimistic, mm -hmm. very positive. And now I'm learning it's almost that toxic positivity culture Yeah, that everything is always going to be all right. It'll always work out. Everything was made for a reason. And that's what I grew up with. And so hearing that and being part of that it was ingrained in my life of just like, move on, get past it, be past those emotions. And although that served me kind of well in certain parts of my life, I went past a lot of emotions way too quickly. And like being with somebody like you who's like, no, how are you? How are you really? And like asking it almost twice and just sitting there in the silence and the awkwardness and the discomfort and allowing the space for the other person, like that's what we need sometimes. And not every person out there is able to do that. 
Yeah, it's like the idea for me is just slowing down. Like Abby is such a solver and that's a great part of her. It serves our business really well sometimes, but sometimes I'm like, also, we don't have to figure this out today. Like when Owen was diagnosed with Down syndrome, we weren't going to solve that in a week or in a month or even now that he's here and doing really well. It's like, this is an ongoing part of your life. And it's been so positive, but it's also not like a problem that can be solved. Like some things are just what they are and like, let's just go through that together. So that's a big part of it. I think one thing that Abby said there that really stuck out to me is this is a really hard conversation because sometimes people are very lucky and their mother is still mothering them at our age, but that is not the case for everyone And that can be really hard. It can bring up a lot of emotions because, you know, that would be so nice if we were all mothered by our mother, but that doesn't happen for all of us. And I would argue even if you are mothered by your mother, you probably need some more people that are going to support you. So this Mm -hmm. is like your invitation to kind of open up to the idea that you need to be cared for One thing that they brought up in this conversation and something that I think that Abby and I are in front of these mics saying we're learning from is like, this isn't all about self-care. I think that our society right now, obviously self-care is like a huge buzzword and everything. And I, you know, to my core, believe in taking care of yourself and what that means and what has meant for my life. But I think our society is so focused on self that it's very vulnerable for women to let someone into that caring process. Like we're so focused on taking care of ourselves that being taken care of might feel foreign to you. Mm. Yeah. And when you think about it, spa days, putting on that charcoal face mask, like it helps us feel good in the moment. And I'm still going to do that. I'm still going to do it. (laughs) And it can be a really great way to be like, hey, this is what I need right this second. Right. But if we are walking around as frazzled messes every single day, something needs to change on a bigger level. And that's where it's allowing other people in to support you there too. So really ask yourself, who could this person be? Like we mentioned mother before. Maybe it's not the relationship with your mother. Maybe it's a relationship with your mother-in-law. If that makes you cringe, maybe it's a best female friend that you have just met or who has been part of your life for a long time that you've lost connection with. Maybe it's a coworker who you're getting really close to that you share a lot of the same similarities and conversation that you want to have on a deeper level and have that deeper friendship with. In the episode, they had said that like a lot of these beautiful female friendships can be can be made from those like mom groups, mm-hmm. postpartum mom groups. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, you guys, I like wrote those off. I was like, I'm not going to go meet with other moms. <laughs> like I just, that's not, I don't know, that's not my personality. And I'm like, I wish I would have been more open to the idea of meeting people that were going through the same thing at the same time. And that can be an absolutely incredible way to meet someone. I went to a few mom groups with each of which actually, is perfectly which our personality. That's literally what it is. <laughs> and I remember with the very first one with Lucy, I didn't get a whole lot out of, out of the first one, and it deterred me from going to the second one. And after a couple of months, I'm like, dude, I need like I need something right now. Like this maternity leave, I feel so like I'm not. I feel so isolated right now. And I finally went back, and that's where I'm like, oh my gosh, I just need to let these people in more. And one of my good friends now, we weren't even good friends, but with um, our second kids, they're a week apart. 
I went to a mom group with her after she had a C-section because she couldn't bring her baby's car seat in. She needed someone to help with the car seat because she had a C-section. So she's like, hey, do you want to come to this with me? I really need it. Sorry, it was her first kid, my second kid, Micah. And we still laugh and have conversations about that meeting. We were never close before that. And now we've gotten closer because of that one meeting. So even though we didn't meet more friends during that at the actual group, our friendship grew because of that one that one introduction. I spoke at one. Do you remember that? Yes. And I like yes. absolutely loved it. You and did. You came back to Shining. That was a moment where I was like, dang it, I should have done that. <laughs> I should have gone to one of these. So, like you could just feel the connections in the room and everyone was just really open and honest. And I think when women are in the vulnerable position of like being postpartum and having struggles, the way that you're able to connect just goes so much mm-hmm. deeper and faster than when we're all you know, just being our surface level selves and not sharing those like behind the scenes. Yeah, it's the commonalities. It's like, where do we have something in common? And the same thing goes for meeting at a church group. So you have that in common or maybe about the mom who is always at the park at the same time as you. Mm -hmm. Like, you know that your your schedules align, you know that your kids have fun together. Maybe that could be a deeper friendship. Have you even asked her her name yet? Like, that's your to-do list task today is just even asking that person her name. Amy, I know that we went to that really fun music day at the local coffee shop when we were, were both home with our kids on Fridays. Gosh, that was years ago now. But mom's meeting, parents' meeting, yes. just for live music so their kids can run around and be somewhere different for yes. a couple of hours. There's so many opportunities. I know it can feel so overwhelming. You know, Drew and I have made best friends with people at our daycare. So it's like just today, it's a call to be open to it because I think a lot of us, it's hard to be open to something new, but there's so many opportunities all around us. So to finish up, Dr. Luther reminds us that nothing heals like love in real life. And we encourage you today to go find this person, establish this relationship, and really start allowing others to love on you like you deserve. And you deserve to be supported. 